welcome to our LGBTQIA plus History Month podcast. Um, we think it's super important to remember the history of our community and to learn about how we got to where we are today. Because even though there's still a long road to go in terms of equality for us, we are standing on the shoulders of those that came before us. Um, before we start, I just wanted to acknowledge that whilst we're all members of the LGBTQIA plus community on this podcast, um, we don't represent all the different and amazing genders and sexualities there are. Um, but as we do more of these podcasts, we're planning on getting so many more voices of this community on here because we know firsthand how important representation really is. So, um, for this week's podcast, we're going to be chatting about historic moments that have meant the most to our own journeys, as well as learning how queer history can make us feel less isolated and the importance of seeing LGBTQIA plus people in the media. And I just wanted to say this is a 20 minute podcast, so we can't get through the whole history because it literally goes on forever. So if you've missed anything out that's important, just let us know. Um, We're going to have a magazine article up on the site um for this podcast as well as having a whole host of content about lgbtqia uh history as well as uh loads of other stuff from staff and users so introductions i'm beth and i'm joined by some familiar voices i have katya anya hello des hi and ophelia hey 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 (laughs) so let's get into this lgbtqia plus history what does it mean to us? Who wants to go first? Well, uh, I don't mind starting first. Um, hi, everyone. It's Ophelia here. Um, <laughs> and I guess uh, just because I think it's, you know, important for you guys to know in terms of if we are under that umbrella of the community, uh, I identify as a bisexual cis woman. Uh, and I do think it is really important being part of the community to have an awareness of our history just because I think it really connects us in a sense that if we know how far we've come, then we can also know uh, like how much progress we've made towards acceptance and then also knowing how much further we have to go as well. Uh, Because even though we've made so much progress, I still think there's a lot more that can be done in terms of fighting for those rights that, you know, we all deserve uh, in terms of being incorporated more into education, seeing things like, why don't we have an LGBTQ plus uh, sex ed in schools? Why is that not really taught yet? And we could begin thinking like, well, if you know things like how in education previously you weren't even allowed to mention uh, LGBTQ plus in this country, uh, that's where you start to kind of learn and see a bit more about where we've come from and then recognizing, okay, well, this is what we've got to do next. I hope that wasn't too rambly, but I guess that's just my initial thoughts. Yeah, no, I love it. Especially like when you're talking about um, uh, LGBTQIA um, sex ed, like we were talking about this before um, and about section 28, about um, how you literally couldn't talk about the community as a whole in schools. Like it was, you just weren't allowed to mention it. And I think such a big part of, I think why it's so confusing at first for young people, because I know for sure it was confusing for me when I was younger, is that you just don't have that um, education of of yourself because you've if you've never like heard about it in school or seen it on tv then how are you supposed to um how are you supposed to know that what you're feeling is okay or even just normal like like a a normal thing to feel yeah 
definitely because like we do live in a straight cisgendered world and um you do feel like you're a bit on the outside so like having that kind of education about current stuff but also about like the history like you said fee it's so so important uh dares go on them yeah i fully agree with that um Hi everyone, it's Des here. Um, just to introduce myself very quickly, I identify as a cisgender gay man. Um, and coming in on the comments there around growing up and understanding what this meant for me, it was really difficult during school because I felt like, you know, uh, there was times when the LGBT community were kind of sidelined side or weren't taken as seriously and having gone into a lot of schools now as part of my job working at Cooth, um, we see so many schools that are really embracing the LGBT culture, or let me correct myself, LGBTQI um, cultures, which is absolutely wonderful because it's something that I wish was an option when I was younger. So I do think that the movement of you know LGBTQ plus issues is definitely um, come on in the last 20 years and we're going in the right direction. But this is why it's so important for me to um, consider our LGBT history and all of the people, as you said earlier, Beth, um, that have stood before us and really put place, put in place all of these rights leading up to our current day standard. Um, one of the ones that stands out for me is Marsha P. Johnson, if anybody's heard of this yeah. lady. Um, for those of you who are listening and don't know who that is, Marsha P. Johnson was an outstanding member of the LGBTQI community in the uh, United States of America. Um, and she was one of the ladies that was the proactivists at the front of um, changing the way that LGBT people were treated in, in America. Um, Stonewall, the organisation that is now uh, a national charity for LGBT people, um, started on the back of that really because Stonewall was the bar in America where there was lots of LGBT riots um, and Marsha P. Johnson really led kind of the movement on that and the riots that lasted for about two weeks, I do believe. So, you know, she's remembered very well by, and very fondly by the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and there's many, many things in honour of her name. So for me, when I look at kind of work that she did and the bravery to put herself out there as a black trans woman, it yeah. really does kind of pay homage to, to, the, to the fantastic work that's been done before us. Yeah. Fee? Uh, Oh, I just want to weigh in there and say that um, just as Des has mentioned that Mash P. Johnson is a really inspirational figure. And if you would like to learn a bit more about her, we do have an article on the Coof magazine all about Stonewall. So please go and check that out. You're doing my job for me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we do. Well, that was Fee said. Katyanya? Yeah, um, I think for me, thinking about it, especially as uh, you were talking, I think it was so important it would be so important for me when I was a young person if I had had this kind of education um, because I identify as a cis, bisexual, and demisexual woman, which means that I'm my identity falls in these like in the middle of a, a spectrum. There, you know, almost like these gray areas where I'm not totally one thing and I'm not totally the other, and I just didn't know that those identities were optional. Um, and mm -hmm. even when I did later, you know, as an adult, the problem that I really have even now is pushback that you get from other people about, oh, you know, nowadays there's all these 
labels for everybody. Everybody has to put, you know, themselves in all these different labels. And why can't people just be people? Why does everybody have to label themselves? And it's very much presented as this newfangled, you know, millennial thing that's cropped up. Um, and it's so it's been really helpful to me as a person who identifies, you know, as bisexual and on the asexuality spectrum to learn about the history of these identities and realize, no, I'm not just making something up to, to feel like a special snowflake. That's, you know, that criticism that gets leveled at you, uh, you can really internalize it and it can make you question yourself. And it's been so helpful to me to be able to look back and reassure myself that there's a long history of, you know, bisexuality. And oh, there's a long history of these things. So long history. Like I, I, get so annoyed when people say like this is just like such a like a new trend when lgbtqia history goes back since history began like it's not it, it, it i don't understand that whole thing because um yeah if you look back on the history like think of like sappho um who is like like the pioneering woman apparently um for oh are you holding up her book yes i am (laughs) of course you are um one of the first like well known lesbians bisexuals actually yeah see i was having this conversation earlier i don't know whether like some people think she was bisexual anyway we're not getting into that conversation it's a very long conversation (laughs) the main point there is we're queer we've always been here so get used to it thank you fee go on des um just going back to the history and where you know where all of this began it really does go back thousands and thousands of years and you just have to look at the ancient depictions of you know ancient rome for example there was many um, depictions of male couples um greek mythology i mean we can go on even in the animal world in nature there's several documented cases of um you know same sex relations i know we're talking about animals here but actually we are species we are we are a species of animal as a human being i know and um certainly in i think it's new york there's a zoo and they've got two gay penguins um and they've actually raised and hatched um several eggs together i can't remember the name of them for the life of me but they are two very famous penguins and they've been given several clutches of eggs and the hatching and they're behaving like like uh, an actual couple um, so, cute. so we're talking about something that is very real it's here as as uh, Ophelia just said is we're here we're queer you know <laughs> it's something to be celebrated and it is very normal um, yeah. my question really that I often think about is at what point in history did this become abnormal or perceived to be abnormal because lots of people before us just worked with this as it was just a normal thing yeah that's yeah that is a really good point isn't it I think, sorry Beth, you don't mind me. No, um, I was just going to move on to the next question. Off you go, Fu. I was only going to say that uh, it is really interesting, the points that just made there, um, around historical moments and the culture as well, because culture does change and evolve over time. And there are different periods in history across the world uh, where, you know, homosexuality, along with different kinds of gender identities as well, uh, mm. across different countries and different cultures, it, it has been entirely accepted and embraced. And there's only certain t- periods of time um, and that we don't realise that in the broader scheme of things, there's a lot more acceptance than we perhaps first realized because it just so happens that the history 
historical period of the past few hundred years has been very non-accepting but that doesn't mean that that's been across the board across all of time do you know i was my second question on this is um how can like learning about our history kind of like help our well-being but i i think we're kind of like talking about it already is that it's that kind of once you realize that yeah we're in such a tiny part of history like the last like 200 years is so like such a tiny percentage of our whole human history never mind the the world's um then yeah i think it makes you feel like less isolated in that sense because like we were saying with like section 28 not allowing young people to learn about the community um i think it is it's very isolating and i think that harms your like well-being when you're thinking about yourself because it is a really confusing time like um figuring out your sexuality and your gender so yeah what do you guys think about how learning about our history can help our well-being oh well i think for me something that's already come up is the end the idea of having inspiration there uh then back and seeing others uh, that can help bolster you and that is huge given that's one of the biggest things that I think can uh, impact on well-being if you feel a sense of having to uh, hide yourself hide parts of who you are I mean that's just awful that anyone should ever have to feel that way so if you ever are struggling with your well-being struggling with a sense of acceptance uh, I do think it's very natural and very normal if you are maybe struggling with your well-being being an LGBTQIA plus young person and if you are I guess it's just that sense of it is okay and you don't have to go through that alone and whether that's getting support from your friends whether you know other communities or again if you do want to come to Coof we have got a really big LGBTQ plus community on there of people who are going through probably similar things to yourselves and just seeing those stories hearing people talk about their experiences can be very powerful. Mm, Yeah definitely. Des? That was very well said, Ophelia, and yeah. more. Um, such important points to be made there. And for me, I think what's really important and what I've learned about LGBT history and who I've come to be is that it's never more important than now, I guess, that to be out and proud where you can and where you feel safe to do so. I'm going to emphasize that point because I am aware that there will be people listening who don't feel comfortable at the moment to be able mm. to come out to the people around them, and that's okay. And remember that this is something that you do in your own time when you feel ready with the right support uh, around you to feel safe. But for me, as a, as a, as a you know, 36-year-old gay man, I am very proud of who I am. I don't refrain from talking about it. It's not my life. It's a part of who I am, but it's not, it's not entirely my life. Um, but also, it's really important to raise awareness of that and be open and honest where I can and where I feel comfortable because we need to make LGBTQ plus people more visible in today's society because the more visible we become, um, the more prominent we will be and the more we'll, we will come to be better accepted as a community, but more importantly, as human beings. Yeah, wonderfully put. I would just add to that, um, in my personal experience growing up, my family is not at all supportive um, of my identities, um, and I did not grow up, as I said earlier, in a, a place where I had any education whatsoever. Um, and so for me, it, the history the, of the queer community goes beyond knowing that what I feel is okay, but actually helping me figure out what I'm feeling and what it means, and if it's, and you know, that it's normal. It, it really has been so important for me in terms of just figuring out 
what I'm even feeling and, and then being able to go on to say, you know, it's okay. And in my mind, it was never really a question of whether or not it was okay to be gay or asexual. It was, I didn't know what that felt like. I, I really couldn't figure it out. Um, and then after I began identifying as, you know, bisexual, for example, um, I didn't have any frame of reference. I didn't have any support. I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. So it was only by reading that I was able to understand what bisexual even means um, it, and that I could identify it, but also that it didn't have to, it doesn't have to be binary. It's not inherently transphobic. Um, and I think that's, that's why it can be so helpful if you're in that position, if you're in a similar position to me, where you're at a stage where you're thinking, okay, great, but I don't even know what I'm feeling or what it even means. Just read and read and read. Um, it, it can be so helpful. Yeah, definitely. And I think that kind of brings us on to like perfectly onto the like the third question of like how representation. So seeing um queer people on TV, in books, on in the movies can really kind of help us. Um and I think you've said it like perfectly, Katiania. It is that kind of you get to see yourself, don't you? And it's sometimes the first the first point of where where you learn about yourself. I know it was for me. Um, Mine was uh, Grey's Anatomy and Callie Torres, um, which is the first time I'd ever seen a bisexual woman on um, TV. Because it's often that these straight women have like a plot line of where they have like a gay awakening for like half a series. And then they kind of go back and they were like, that was nice, but I'm, I'm straight again. And it's that kind of binary of you you're either straight or gay and it was the first time that anyone on tv had even said bisexual and I was like oh oh okay so that was like a big moment for me but yeah while we're talking about uh history I do actually have some facts here if anyone's <gasps> interested to hear a couple of LGBTQ yes. representation facts um I have a couple around the first same-sex kiss that was ever in cinema and again the point that we were kind of making earlier around acceptance and how that can kind of come and go in waves uh what was kind of culturally acceptable so the first same-sex kiss it's a bit of a debate whether it is from the 1922 film Manslaughter or the 1927 film Wings um, oh. but it really is as early as that in fact there is even a shot from the 1800s of two men dancing together and it yeah. wasn't until the Hayes Code uh, in 1930 that came in which was much more censorship that wasn't really lifted until 1959 uh, but I do think there's a big burst uh, of kind of representation in the 90s not all of it positive let's be honest uh, but you did start seeing things like the first lesbian kiss in 1991 on LA Law uh, and then you start to see shows like Queer as Folk was aired in 1999 and again seeing these big steps forward and then you start seeing uh, the kind of trans representation and I think it wasn't really until later that things like trans representation really came in mm. and even much more recently seeing things like non-binary people so I don't know if anyone has been watching UK Drag Race series 2 which has been aired this year uh, but on there we have seen uh, drag queens Ginny Lemon and Bimni Bamboulash great name by the what way what a name 
<laughs> uh, talking openly about being non-binary. Uh, so you kind of see that history from 1922 up until 2021, where it has been up and down, uh, but always present, always there. And as we've gone on in the years, more positive and more meaningful as well in those representations. So that was just a little bit of a history lesson. Um, and I hope people found it interesting because I found it very interesting to research. You know what, it's really interesting, but it also kind of makes me happy to know that representation is out there because it's it's just so important, isn't it? Um, so, yeah. Wow, I feel like I've learned something there. Right? <laughs> Same. Great research, Ophelia. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to wrap this up, um, that's kind of our take on LGBTQIA plus history um, and what it means to us but like I said at the beginning it means something different to everyone depending on their sexuality or gender identity so we're gonna have an article up on the site so make sure you comment on that or you could even start a discussion board and, and chat to other users on the site there's so much that you can do on Goof. Um but yeah I hope you enjoyed this podcast and we will be back soon so yeah thanks guys see you soon bye bye take care everyone bye, bye.